Good afternoon and welcome back to these um, recorded messages from the Uxbridge Road Tabernacle in a place called Shepherd's Bush in London, in England, in the United Kingdom. And you are very, very welcome. Um, again, last week, it was very good to see um, the number of, of people watching these messages. We're very thankful for that. And I've just been told that some of the younger people didn't watch the last two weeks because they felt it was for, for the older young people. Now, please have a look at them because some of the stuff we did um, was very, very interested and I'm sure it would apply to young, younger people as much as older people. So have a look, go back, they're, they're, they're still there, they're still on the website and that'd be great if you can have a look at them. Now, last week we thought about some of the important questions and we talked about um, in England, um, there are tears in this country about the COVID and who we can and who we can't invite for Christmas and all sorts of important questions. But we did say that more important questions are things concerning God and our relationship with God. Do we have peace with God? Things like that, which are so, so important. Now, it's all very well raising important questions but surely it's even more important to have answers, to have answers to our questions. And there are even today some important answers to our questions. Now, one important answer to a question that's been raised is, will the vaccine work? Now, we've heard today in the United Kingdom that the very, very, very clever people who check and who tests and who make sure that the vaccine is safe, they've said today, it's good to go. And there are actually pictures on the internet of some of the lorries driving out from a factory in Belgium with lots and lots of doses of vaccine on them. And that's a good thing because some of the really vulnerable people in this country will soon get some of the vaccine. And that's really good. And that's good news, isn't it? That's something which we can give thanks to God for. But there are even more important answers to questions. Another one, we, we've maybe thought, can I have peace with God? That's an important question, isn't it? And yes, we can have peace with God. If we really have our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we're really, really sorry for our sins which we have committed, then we can have peace with God. How special is that? Another question which we can have an answer to, can I believe that God really will forgive my sins? Now in some religion, religions, you have, to, you have to do things. And we can't, some of those people can't really have what we would call assurance for the forgiveness of their sins. But what does the Bible tells us, tell us about Christianity? Now in Psalms 103 verse 12, it says this, as far as the east is from the west, so far he removed our transgressions or sins from us. And that's God speaking to us, telling us what 
he has done. As far as the east is from the west, he has removed our sins. Another very, very important answer is to this question. Is the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ trustworthy? Now, when the Lord Jesus Christ was dying on the cross, he was speaking to a man who had done bad things, bad, bad things. But that man put his trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ said to him, today, you will be with me in paradise. What an answer that is. The very son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, was telling that man today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, a number of those answers come from the Bible, the word of God. And over the past few weeks, and this is our ninth week, if you've been with us every week, God star to you. That's great. We've been looking at passages from the Bible and how we can commit them to our memories, which is so, so important because it's very, very good to have the word of God right in our hearts and in our minds so that we can remember it. Now, one of our church members is going to talk to us in just a second when I press all the right buttons about another part of the Bible. Now, here we go, up in nice bright screen, and someone's going to talk to us now. Thank you. Our verse for today is from Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure, is a shield to those who put their trust in him. This verse tell us that God's word, the whole Bible, is pure. It does not contain any falsehood or error because it comes from the God of truth who cannot lie. All his promises are pure as well as precious. God is the defender of all who put their trust in him. When we trust him and his word, he will protect us so we can be calm and confident in him as we go about our daily lives. So we hope that you trust him one day and God bless you. Now we see if you still remember this verse. Every word of God is pure, is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Every word of God is pure, is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Every word of God is pure, is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Every word of God is pure, is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Every word of God is pure, is a shield to those who put their trust in him.
Every word of God is pure. He's a shield to those who put their trust in him. Every word of God is pure. He's a shield to those who put their trust in him. Every word of God is pure. He's a shield to those who put their trust in him. Every word of God is pure. He's a shield to those who put their trust in him. And I hope you remember all the verses. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. The word of God, how special that is. So we're going to move on now and we're going to think about something which is very, very interesting. Now I'm going to sit quietly and watch this because, well, you see, have a look at this. So today we're going to think about a man called Leonardo Bonacci. He was born in Pisa, you know, the town in Italy where the Leaning Tower exists today. I'm not sure that it was there when Leonardo lived there because he lived 900 years ago. He came to be known as Fibonacci. And Fibonacci loved maths. I wonder if you like maths. We're going to do some maths today, but it's very easy. Don't worry. It's just some adding up. Fibonacci noticed that there was a strange connection between maths and the world around him. So we're going to look at some simple adding up. Here's the first sum. Zero plus one equals one. I'm sure you can do these yourself. Next one. One plus one is two. What Fibonacci was doing was he was taking the last number and the next number and adding them together. So after he added one plus one to make two, he then added one plus two to make three. And then two plus three makes five. I hope you're keeping up with me. So the next sum, three plus five, what does that make? Eight. The next sum, he added five plus eight. The next sum, he added eight plus 13. I hope you can see that there's a pattern forming here. This was called Fibonacci's sequence. All these answers, one, two, three, five, eight, 13, 21, and on he went. 13 plus 21 makes 34. 21 plus 34 makes 55. 34 plus 55 makes 89. Just note, I want you to remember these two numbers in yellow. 
we're going to think about that later on. And so he carried on doing his sums, 55 plus 89, 144, 89 plus 144 equals 233, 144 plus 233 makes 377, and so on. I won't go on, on anymore and bore you. So you say, well, what's that all about then? So what? He added up all those numbers. What does it mean? Well, here's another way of looking at it. The first sum that we did was zero plus one. Zero plus one is one. The next sum we did was one plus one. Now you know what that makes, two. And he drew these boxes just to the right size so that this square plus this square equals this square. And on he went. So two plus one is three. See how it fits next to the previous squares. Two plus three is five. Three plus five is eight. Now I won't go on or we'd have a very big screen with lots of squares all over it. But then Fibonacci started drawing something. He began to draw curves. Now my, my curves aren't very good on this picture, but if you join one corner to the opposite corner and carry on through each square, you get this shape. And we call this shape a spiral. So Fibonacci, very observant man that he was, he realised that he'd seen this spiral pattern in nature around him. Have a look at this. This is a, um, a plant. It's a succulent. But look at the shape that the leaves are growing. This is a spiral, isn't it? Now, let's look at the seeds on a sunflower. The spirals are in two different directions. Can you see they go this way and they go this way? And if we count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13 in that direction. Now let's have a look. Um, try here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Thirteen and twenty-one. Can you remember those two numbers, those two yellow numbers I highlighted? Wow, here's a pattern, isn't it? Something that grows out of the ground and yet it has this beautiful pattern. And it, this pattern is a mathematical pattern, the 13 and the 21. Let's have a look at something else. This is the inside of a shell. Look at that shape. Another beautiful spiral. And our last picture. 
This is a satellite picture of a hurricane over the United States and over the Atlantic Ocean. Can you see the shape and the spiral? As we look at all these amazing pictures, surely we must think that these patterns are not all accidental, but they're formed by our great creator, the almighty God. Thank you. Wow, how interesting was that? Dear me, learnt a lot there. Now then, what we're going to do now, we're going to think about something from the Bible. Now, we're not going to stop these through the holidays because I think it's so important that young people um, hear about the Word of God, regardless of whether it's in the Christmas holidays or, or whatever. So we've got two weeks and then we're going to start the Christmas story for three weeks. And one of those weeks will go after the, the, the Christmas period um, so we can think about what happened following the Christmas story. So we've got two weeks to fill in my thoughts. And I thought we would look at some parables, parables, stories from the Bible that the Lord Jesus Christ told. And they're recorded in the Bible. You know, we don't make these things up. These are very special things that are the word of God. It's a truthful record of what happened when the Lord Jesus Christ was on this earth and how, what he, he did and what he spoke about. Now, sometimes these parables were fairly difficult to understand, but they were told to help people to understand if, if they took the time to think about them. And they were earthly stories with heavenly meanings. Now, that means that the Lord Jesus Christ took a picture of something which the people would understand and he took that picture of something on earth and he made it into a heavenly story which had a very important heavenly meaning. Now, lots of things have changed since the Lord Jesus Christ was on these, this earth, but the truths which he spoke about and the truths which he represented are still relevant today. They still have a meaning today. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ often had a large crowd around him, listening to him whilst they heard. But they didn't always take it seriously. They listened and they heard what he said, but they didn't always take it seriously. Now, I've got a picture for you. I don't know whether, probably not this year, whether you've been able to enjoy a holiday away, but... I have very fond memories of family holidays on the beach. And I would like to say that this is one of my sandcastles, but that would be an absolute lie because it's not. I took it off the internet. But I did enjoy making sandcastles and then watching the water come in, the tide come in and wash them away. And I tried to make walls to keep the, keep the sea away from my lovely sandcastle, but it didn't. It didn't work. And the Lord Jesus Christ told a parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning to the people 
who were listening to him on one particular day. Now they would have understand, understood about this because in the area was the Sea of Galilee and there was lots of sand around and they knew how difficult it was to build on sand. Now I, I really like this parable because from an early age, from an early age, I enjoyed building things and my dad encouraged this. And eventually, I ended up in the construction industry and it was my job to help things get built. Now, the most important part of a building is getting the foundation right. Now, my dad used to tell me the story of where he used to work in Tottenham Court Road. He could see um, a very, very tall building being built. Now, this building had its name changed a few times. I think it started off as the GPO Tower. I think that was the General Post Office. Then I think it became the Telecom Tower. And then I think it became the BT Tower. Now, up at the top of the BT Tower, there used to be um, a restaurant. And that restaurant used to go round. And it was a great place to have a meal because the view was fantastic. The BT Tower was and is very, very tall. Now, it needed a very, very, very deep foundation because it had such a lot of weight to support in a fairly small area. My dad used to tell me that from his office, he could see all of the time, lots of earth being dug out and taken away. And then they started to lay the foundations. And he told me that um, day and night, they were pouring concrete to make sure the foundations were really, really good. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ told this parable. Remember an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And he told this story about some builders, two builders. One of the builders thought about the, the job he was going to do. Now, you may remember, if you watched last week, we thought about design, design. Now, this builder took time to think about the best place, the best place to build his house. Now, I've got a picture there of a house built on rock. You can see it there, can't you? The house that built on rock. Now, round about that house is a lot of water. But because the house is built on rock, it's got an incredibly firm foundation. You probably can't get a firmer foundation than the, what that house is built on because of the rock. Now, in London, we have um, a very um, poor foundation place to build houses on because there's lots and lots of clay and that's not great. So you have to be very careful when you build a house to make sure the foundations are strong. And the Lord Jesus Christ said this man built his house upon the rock and it was a good foundation. Now, storms came. In, the, in the, um, the, the story which the Lord Jesus Christ told, the parable, storms came and there was wind and there was rain 
and the rain beat upon that house, but it stood firm because it was built upon the rock. Now then, we've got a sad picture coming up. Are you ready? Are you sure? Can you take it? Here we go. Oh dear, gone, gone too far. Gone too far. Sorry about that. That's a mistake. Now then, these houses, it would appear, were not built upon the rock. They were not built upon good foundations. And the rain came, obviously, and the floods came, and the wind came, and there was a terrible storm. And the foundation got wet, and it started to move. Now, I always love this. When I, when I used to teach at Sunday school, I love this story because when the rains came and when the storms came and the floods came, the house fell flat. That one hasn't quite fallen flat yet, but it would have to fall flat because they would have to demolish it because it was no good to anybody ever again. You wouldn't be able to live in that house there, would you? Now then, the Lord Jesus Christ always told these stories to try and help the people to understand a truth, a truth that he was teaching them. And the truth was this. The Lord Jesus Christ said, you need to build your house on a good foundation. Now, the very, very, very best and only good foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. What do I mean? What do I mean? Now, in our lives, storms will come, whether they might be big storms, COVID-19, or whether they might be little storms. Miss, I forgot my homework. I left it at home. Miss, I'm sorry, miss. Big storms and little storms. But the Lord Jesus Christ can get us through and help us through these storms if we have our trust in him. But the biggest storm we will ever face in our life is the storm of death. Now, I'm sure if any of my lads who I speak to at the church are listening to this, they will always remember that I always say, I hope that you have a good and a long and a healthy life. But as young as we are and as fit as we are, and as healthy as we are, one day we will die. That's a fact. That's the truth. And this is the biggest storm which we will ever face. Now, what do people, many people, base their lives on? Or what foundation do they have in their lives? Lots of people will base their life on their families, looking after their families, keeping them safe, watching over them, providing for them. Great things. Many people would base their lives on wealth. Base their lives on wealth. Hey, hey I'm going to buy another car. Have you seen my watch I'm wearing today? This is the sort of things that people base their life on. Some people base their life on their health. They run. They do exercise. They try and keep their weight down. They look after themselves. They base their life on their health. Now, many people base their life on fame, don't they? I'm sure when I say fame, all sorts of pictures of um, influencers 
and pop stars and footballers and rugby players and sportsmen of all types and natures come into your mind when I talk about fame. People base their lives on how many Instagram followers, followers they have. Some people who are maybe clever base their lives on what legacy they're going to live, leave behind. And also many, many people base the foundation of their lives on religion. Now, when it really comes down to it, how many of those things will take us safely and peacefully through that final storm of death and meeting God? Do you think that when those people die who have thousands and thousands of Instagram followers, they'll be thinking about that? Do you think that when people die who are very, very rich, they'll be thinking about that? I don't think so, because those things won't be important then. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ, sorry, wrong button again. The Lord Jesus Christ is the one who is the good foundation, is the one who can take us safely through all the storms of life. Because the Bible tells us this in Psalm 23, verse 4. It says this. Now, many people would know this verse, but it's the word of God. God told people what to write, and he said this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now that's word, those are words of real comfort, that if we are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ alone for our salvation, that's not just for this life, but that is through to eternity. How special is that? How important is that, that we have our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Or in other words, how we have the foundation of our life in the Lord Jesus Christ, on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord Jesus Christ will take us peacefully from this life into eternity, safe in the arms of Jesus. Let's pray. Oh Lord our God, we do thank you for your word, the Bible. We do thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, who came to this earth to die and to suffer on the cross. But we thank you, Lord God, that he rose again and he did everything necessary for us to have peace with God. If our sins are forgiven through what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us if we are really trusting in him as the foundation of our life, then we will go to be with him in heaven forever. Lord, bless us as we think about these things and we ask them in your son's holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us again. 
I'm going to put up that last screen. If you want to make contact with us, please use those um, contact details. Now, I do confess that um, I haven't been able to access the church email address yet, but I will do that soon once I figure out how to do it. And if you've sent us a message, I will respond. So thank you very much for listening to us. God bless you. And we look forward to enjoying your company again next week. Thank you.